This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Franchise Tag. I'm your host, Eric. I'm my guest here today, Chris. Say what's up, Chris. What's going on, everybody? All right. So last time we spoke to you, we recapped the Super Bowl. Now we're heading into the offseason, and today is actually the deadline for teams to franchise tag some players. And there were six notable players that were not Actually, six players who were tagged and the five notable players who were not tagged. And we're going to go over some of those today and see how we feel about the franchise tag as a whole. So, um, most notable one I can think of right now, as of uh, 4 p.m., teams um, were not allowed to... Well, teams have had up to 4 p.m. today to franchise tag their players. And a notable one was Landon Collins of the New York Giants was not franchise tagged. Um, from what I've heard in reports that Giants had around $27 million in cap space, uh, Landon Collins' contract was going to be around $11 million if he was tagged, yeah. and they didn't. So he's headed into free agency. Um, in my opinion, as a Giants fan, very big mistake. Um, I feel like they had a lot of room there to work with. And if they were to get rid of him, they've had, they could have gotten at least some assets, um, but they're letting him go in free agency to, you know, talk with teams see what kind of contract he wants to do uh what what do you think of that yeah i kind of you kind of said it i think it's a big mistake i think they let snacks go last season and that was to me i i didn't agree with that i mean but at least we got like a fifth round pick yeah you got you got picks with with this you're just letting them go And, and you easily could could have gotten picks out of him easily yeah, at least something out of Lennon Collins. But um, uh, he was great for us. He was a steal in the draft. He was a second-round pick. Um, he did a fantastic job um, when he wasn't injured. And when he was injured, we are hoping he'd get back to normal the way he was usually playing. Um, so it was a very on-and-off relationship with him. Um, my confusion is the Giants, like Dave Gettleman, he's had a history of doing strange things with the franchise tag. So in Car- Carolina... Um, that year, Josh Norman was uh, set to be on a contract. It was on a contract year. He was in the. They had the tag available, so they tagged him. And Dave Gettleman didn't want the distraction, so he rescinded the franchise tag on mm-hmm. Josh Norman. And so he comes over to New York, and people were thinking that he wasn't going to be able to re-sign Odell Beckham for maybe his personal reasons, or he had a different look for the team. But he ends up re-signing him, and he gets the highest-paid contract out of a wide receiver in the league, and. This year, everyone's looking for him to use the tag on Landon Collins because he's a popular player. He is one of the more famous ones, like especially when NYPD was around for the Giants. Mm-hmm. He was one of the main people in that group with like Janoris Jenkins and all them. Mm-hmm. But now he's headed into free agency. He's not a distraction. I think he's a hardworking player. He's out of Alabama, and you know he wasn't a first round pick by any means, but he, he was definitely something we found. You know, he was a diamond in the rough that we found that was a big help on the defense. I definitely do wish him out, wish him well, but I don't think that was the right move by the Giants at all. Um, they should have kept him, or at least, you know, he has a lot of values, but injured or not, he's just one of those players where he could have, he could be sitting out for a whole year and teams will still try to sign him. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I mean, that, the thing that you mentioned was that you weren't sure if Gettleman was really going to sign Odell back, and now... You give him this monster contract, and last season you had Odell get a huge contract to become the highest-paid receiver. Then you had Nate Solder become the highest-paid, I think it was left tackle. Is that his position, left tackle? Yeah. 
So you have two high, like a highest paid left tackle and a highest paid receiver in the league. And then you have Olivier Vernon, who you paid big money a few years back, and you have Eli on a big contract. Those are four huge contracts. And that's what happens when you give these guys these huge contracts. You're not going to be able to build so much a team. You're going to have those main players. And then there's going to be some of these questionable, you know, players that, that just they're just filling in spots because they can't afford to take in anybody else. So I talked to our buddy Mark today, and he was like, did you hear what happened? I'm like, yeah, it's past four, and, you know, Giants weren't planning on tagging him in the first place. Um, definitely sad to hear and sad to see, but um, I think behind closed doors, there was always there was always a little bit of a dra- little bit of drama going on because there was reports that Landon Collins took everything out of his locker, and yeah, then yeah. especially now he isn't tagged, so it's not like that was just a little thing everyone blew into high water, but... Um, what I think happened was I think Landon definitely spoke with the front office about it. They definitely didn't keep silent about it. Um, and I think Giants um, agreed with him where if they were to tag him, he's not going to show up to camp or anything. He's not going to do the Odell thing where he still comes to camp and expects mm-hmm. the contract. I'm not going to come. And, you know, that's a popular thing going on with the franchise tag where p- people hold out until they get a contract. Landon, it was looking like Landon was going to do the same thing. So I think – I definitely think they're behind closed doors. I definitely think Landon in the front office um, came to an agreement where they were like, all right, we're not going to tag you. We want the best for you. So go get your contract. Because if we, if we keep you for a year and you don't show up to camp and we still tag you and you eventually sign your tender so we can trade you, there's still a, there's still, there's still a whole another year where you can't get signed to another contract. So I, I think they definitely mutually parted ways in a sense. Yeah. All right, so next notable um, player going into free agency due to him not being tagged by his team is Trey Flowers. And not only was Trey Flowers not tagged, neither was offensive tackle Trent Brown or kicker Steven Goskowski. All three players are heading into free agency. What do you think of this move by the Patriots, and why didn't they give any player a tag rather than you know, tagging someone at least? Uh, I mean, I feel like there there's got to be reasons behind it. They they have it, behind in the front offices. There's there's media. I mean, Belichick, as you know, is not somebody to really talk to the media. And I feel like there's there's things going on within that that team and that dynasty. And like example, last year when Nate Solder, he nobody was understanding why you're gonna let this guy walk. He's he's covering the blind side to Brady. You don't want to be screwing up with that. You don't want to have some scrub in there especially when you have him protecting Brady's blindside. That's some that's a position you don't want to mess up on, and they let him walk. And, I mean, I'm not saying that Solder didn't do great, but I'm just saying, you know, he, he, he didn't do as great as Giants fans had looked. So I feel like there's there's something. I mean, Goskowski wasn't doing like he, what he usually does. He was missing some field goals, extra points. And uh, I just feel like they're, they, they, there's a reason. They see a regression or something, and they figure they they can get – they can find somebody in the draft, or they can. There's a big defensive uh, market for the free agency as well, so maybe that has something to do with it. Um, yeah, and the Patriots have a lot of things going on behind closed doors. Again, they have the owner going through the whole solicitation thing. He was, mm-hmm. you know, not guilty and stuff like that. We didn't speak about that last time because that didn't happen yet. But when all that went down, I'm not sure how much the owner has much to do with signing and whatever with players. Uh, but I know the GM and Bill Belichick have a lot in hand with that, especially during the draft. Um, those are the guys that pick their players. They pick and choose who's going to lead their team to victory. Mm-hmm. And I feel like franchise tag, that comes easiest. I'm not sure if Bill Belichick was just like, 
uh, you know, we'll get someone in free agency or whatever. He just has a weird state of mind where he's not afraid to pick and choose who he wants to stay. To my surprise, if neither Trent Brown or Trey Flowers was going to be re-signed, I, w- I would have expected Steven Goskowski to be re-signed at least or on a tag, um, especially since he's just a kicker. He's not one of those players that's going to hold out or anything. Be, uh, be wary. They may pick up Matt Bryant. You forget about that. I do. He's a free agent. He, he may he may go to New England. So who's your main guy now, Tavecchio? Are you guys yeah, going to try to sign someone? You think? No, they're they're gonna. I mean, I think last year when they signed him during Bryant's injury, it was kind of like a testing phase because I think we used him at different times too. This isn't the first time we used him it was during last year, so I feel like it was more of like, all right, he came in. I think he went five for five or something like that on field goals, and they were like, all right, he good enough. So. Bryant was getting older and he was getting more injury prone. I mean, it was something that hurt to see because he's so clutch. But I, I get the decision. They're very into the like older, like older guys, pretty much. Yeah. Again, Vinatieri was very young when they were winning their championships. But like Steven Goskowski, I think he was actually young too. So I may yeah, be wrong was. there. Yeah. But they like to keep their guys and like stick around with them. So it comes as a surprise to me that they're not giving them like a re up at all. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure Patriots have their own state of mind. They're winning championships, so who knows what's going on in there. But uh, as you may know, uh, C.J. Mosley also didn't receive the franchise tag. Yeah. What did you think of that whole thing? He's going to be a big name in the free agent market. He's going to get signed. He's going to get a great contract. I'm surprised they didn't do that. I feel like Ravens need all the help they can get on their defense. Yeah, I'm very surprised too because as we've mentioned in previous weeks, you know, it's it's amazing to have a rookie quarterback. Because you don't have to have these huge contracts. You look at the huge contracts between, you know, Eli, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, um, I don't know, Brady, all these main quarterbacks. What is it? And then uh, Kirk Cousins has a big one. Like all these guys, they're getting huge contracts. So, and some of them are all guaranteed. Some of them there's a percentage guaranteed. And when you have this huge money issue, like you you can't disperse it as like more evenly. And I feel like with the Ravens, they just opened up because they got rid of Flacco and they have this rookie quarterback on a rookie deal. And their team, I feel like, is relatively young in the main components of it. So they there's no reason they shouldn't have had enough money to sign him. I, I don't I don't quite understand it either. Yeah, not too sure. But um, you know, he's heading the free agent market now along with those other names. And the final two that I'll mention, I'm not gonna speak too much about them because they're pretty much unrestricted free agents at this point. They didn't need to be tagged, but um and it's, it was also well known. But Nick Foles and Le'Veon Bell, obviously. Le'Veon Bell yeah. is obviously known for being a guy who um wish to become a free agent so that was his wish in the first place was to be out there in the open market see what he can play around with mm-hmm. and we all knew that from the get-go and we also and we also knew uh, weeks in advance that the eagles weren't going to tag nick Foles. um nick Foles has spoken has openly spoken about being a he wants to be a leader for a team now he doesn't want to just sit on the side he feels like um you know now's his time to shine and i feel like he stuck around with the eagles for a while he's done so much with them i don't think it's a big deal for him leaving but the main point i want to get to is the franchise tag also named our show? I yeah. mentioned that before. Um, I think it's an interesting thing. That's why it became the name of the podcast. Is mm-hmm. because you don't see that in other sports. That's just not a thing. It doesn't happen in the NBA. It doesn't happen in the in the MLB. And you could be a bum in the NBA and the MLB and still get a giant contract. And it's just a shame that for a contact sport that's so so big as the NFL is these players who are putting their heart and soul into the game aren't getting the contracts they deserve. And I know like these franchise tags are anywhere for a, for a one year, like 11 to 15 million. Depending on position. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And they got to put in all that work not to not make the money they again they want because again, they got to, they're proving their worth. And so if you get tagged one year, 
you know, fine, you're still going to make that amount of money. Because, yeah. like, say you're a rookie, you come in on a rookie deal, and then they franchise tag you the next year. That's mm-hmm. more money than your rookie deal was probably yeah, worth. definitely. But the problem is, especially with, I, we forgot to mention, Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah. He was um, he was franchise tag for the second year in a row. And mm-hmm. this is where my issue with the franchise tag comes in, is where teams shouldn't be allowed to franchise tag players two years in a row i feel that's where the issue with Le'Veon bell came in in the kirk cousin situation where those guys were able to hit the open market and they got what they wanted Le'Veon bell is still you know out there but he's going to get the contract he wants for yeah. sure the whole thing is if you are a team you should not be allowed to franchise twice in a row to the same player you got to do it for someone different i think they should change the rules for that because demarcus lawrence he proved his worth last year, and getting franchise mm-hmm. tagged again—that's not something he deserves. He deserves that contract. I understand the Cowboys in our situation right now, where they got to re-sign a wide receiver who they traded for, who is becoming is becoming a free agent because he was traded, and then they have a quarterback who they found a hidden gem, especially after the Tony Romo era, that you know did a, did wonders for them, and he's looking for a re-up as well, and. I think that's the main reason why they brought Jason Witten back in the first place. I think mm-hmm. it's like a little conspiracy there where they need money, so they're trying not to pay and like any other skilled players. But besides yeah. that, what do you think of teams franchise franchise tagging pl- the same player over and over and over again because they can't seem to get the money to pay them? Yeah, I mean, being in college right now and studying finance, you learn a lot of the way businesses really try to handle their money and how they handle situations and the nfl is a business it's no different so that that situation with the franchise tag what they're doing is it's their it's kind of like their their safety net so they want that player they don't have the money to pay them but they're like all right we don't want them to go into free agency we're gonna we're gonna hold on to them we're gonna pay them this minimal contract that is it's decided by the league and then they're it's, it's like they're they're cheap labor in a way you know how everybody says oh you know you you ship things over from china and you get it cheap that's basically what this franchise tag is it's more of okay we're gonna we're gonna use these players and we're gonna pay them we can't pay them right now it's like you know taking out a loan we can't pay them now we'll we'll leave them for now and then we'll uh we'll we'll deal with the situation later but i i agree with you in terms of the the back-to-back years i don't think that should be allowed i think the one-year thing makes sense it's like maybe you know there's a situation going on where they can't pay him currently but they say you know look next year we're going to be cutting players or we're going to be having you know a higher salary cap whatever the case is we'll take care you don't worry I'm all for that I understand you know situations sometimes arise and you can't necessarily handle it the way you want but I feel like back to back that's kind of a disrespect to that player I believe that too 100% I agree with you um, I feel like a guy like Demarcus Lawrence, he also wasn't even he wasn't a first round pick by any means. I think yeah. he was a, he was a later pick. Mm-hmm. So you find these hidden gems who have proved their work worth and they work so hard to achieve that goal of being a phenomenal football player and they eventually make the money so they can support their family and friends and whoever they're close to and mm-hmm. they can't do that because they're they're forced to sign this one year deal um that they wish not to do. That's why I think it's becoming a big issue, and Le'Veon Bell is a real front runner for that, where mm-hmm. he holds out for that. I was on board with him. I'm like, you got to go get your money at some point. He's a running back. He takes these hits over and over and over again. Yeah. And um, you know, and he has nothing you know to get from it. So mm-hmm. he has nothing to gain, pretty much. Um, what I find really interesting is uh, Jadavian Clowney was also was tagged, yeah. but he was he was tagged um, a non-exclusive uh, franchise tag, which means. Um, he could still speak to any other team. They could mm-hmm. make him an offer, but the Texans have the right to um, 
to match that offer. And I'm not yeah. sure how that works in contracts where they're allowed to do that specifically for him. I don't know what that how that works with teams, but I think that's amazing. I think every team should be able to do that. I'm not sure why it only happens like once in a blue moon, especially for Jadavian Clowney in this case, where you can talk to other teams and then if he has the opportunity, he can re-sign with his own team. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, But instead, if you just normally tag them or if you don't tag them, um, they can head into free agency um, without he- without hearing an offer, at least from the team that like, you know, it, a lot of professional players enjoy loyalty, but they mm-hmm. understand now it's like a business where if they get rid of you, it's it was basically for the team's own benefit yeah. and not yours, even though players are openly sp- spoken about saying, you know, I was drafted here. I'd like to finish my career here. They believed in me when no one else did. And they can't even do that because if they get tagged, then it just doesn't help their case in any way. Well, yeah, that's the thing. The franchise tag, the I mean, by no means, like, for example, you mentioned Collins. I believe he'd be making 11 point something million next year if he was tagged. That would be the amount he would be making, which in no means is, you know, little amount of money. For for what he was making, it's more than what he was making per year in his previous contract. But he just knows his worth and, like, yeah. I deserve more than that. I deserve years on my contract that's, instead of this one year. That's where- the thing. They want the stability because they want to know that at the end of the day they, they have that team – and they don't want to be, you know, worrying, okay, is this my last season? Is this my last year here? And constantly being worried about that. I get that. It should definitely be a thing, and this is this is where I'll leave it off for the franchise tagging thing, is that players or, or teams, I should say, should be able to tag their players. I feel like that's a good thing to have because it's more, it's a compliment to the player. Like, yeah. oh, we, like you're, you're our franchise guy. We want to keep you. We just don't have the money to pay, pay you right now. We'll get it to you eventually. That's not always the case. So when that happens, you should only be able to tag one like a different player per year mm-hmm. at least. Yeah. How, do you know how many tags a team gets per thing? Uh, they may get like one or two or something like that. It may only be it one. It might be one, yeah, because I've never seen two. For yeah, some I reason, I was one. thinking two. But you can only do it once. And if you're doing it to the same player again the next year, that doesn't prove anything. Like, you haven't come to an agreement. And who knows what happens behind closed doors. I can't speak for the team themselves. Yeah. But if, they, if they're if they literally stalling not to pay their player, that's not fair. And um, I definitely think it should be different player a year. And if you, do, if you already franchise – say you franchise tagged Demarcus Lawrence this year – and he didn't get tag. He's not getting tagged the next year because he only did it once. Mm-hmm. If you do not have the money to pay him, you let him hit free agency on his own. But you, yeah. I feel like doing it twice, that just makes a player not motivated to play football, and it forces him to hold out, and that causes a bunch of, you know, it's, buzz in the yeah. news and the media, and it's a whole big thing. And mm-hmm. so, that's my opinion on, you know, franchise tagging. But yeah. um, another franchise tag, I keep forgetting. I, there was a lot of players that were tagged. Um, but uh, Grady Jarrett, your boy over there yeah. in, uh, in Atlanta, what, what did you think? What did you think of that franchise tag? I mean, I we need him. Our issue is pass rush and you know run defense, and he can do that. He's very talented. So you know we don't want to take steps backward. We're trying to move forward, and we're trying to hopefully draft a, an edge rusher or another defensive lineman that can really help in that in that area. But the one thing that got me worried is he really didn't want that franchise tag. Like you, you were kind of explaining with you know like Demarcus Lawrence and all that. He wanted no, that deal. No, no one wants he, he, to be yeah. tagged, but he didn't want it. And what gets me nervous is that you know we got we got Matt Ryan who just got a huge contract within like a, like two years ago. You have Julio Jones who is now waiting to get a big contract, and you don't want to see him walk. You have Grady Jarrett who's looking for a big contract, and you don't want to see him walk. Then you have Deion Jones, who eventually is going to be needing a big contract, and you don't want to see him walk. 
there are these players that that are going to be getting high salaries and Freeman also just recently got paid and that's part of why Coleman is not going to be coming back yeah, he's most likely be free agency yeah but it it gets to that point to where it's like you know it gets me nervous and I'm hoping that they don't pull what they did to DeMarco DeMarcus Lawrence where they give him a franchise tag again next year my belief is that they're giving him the franchise tag this year to pay Julio and then next year they take care of uh of a uh, Grady Jarrett. I know there's two sides to this argument all the time, but what do you think of players who do get tagged and they end up holding out? I mean, it's it is like you said. There's two sides to it. I personally, I don't agree with it. I understand where I I know where they're coming from. I'm not saying that they are 100% wrong, but I just feel like it's it's not it's not also it's not right either. I feel like you know you you should be honored. You sh- it's a it's a privilege to be playing professional sports. There are people that would love to have that experience, and they they will never have it based on whatever situation that comes up. They just either they don't have the skills or they they don't ever play. Like whatever the situation ends up being, they won't ever get there. And people look up to these players, and it kind of comes off as a little bit selfish sometimes too. To where well, like for Collins, for example, you know it's eleven something million. It's oh well, you know I don't want that eleven million where people are working their asses off in order to support a family and you know they don't get that decision so I feel like it, it comes both ways but to the common person it look it can be a little look at a little like disrespectful and they feel like they're privileged and taking it for granted if it's a player who's still on their rookie deal and say they don't get get, get paid as much as they sh- you know it's a rookie deal you're honored to get that rookie deal you're honored yeah. to be in the NFL in general if eventually you prove your worth and you're almost near the end of your um your deal and then you get the franchise tag fine because you're still getting paid a a really good amount but if you're a player who's been doing it for years and years and you proved your worth you're a guy who is you know a late later round pick or if you're a first round pick and you you know how how talented you are and it just keeps happening over and over that's where i feel like i side with those guys so I, i definitely see it both ways yeah um but for grady Jarrett, i feel like like that's the type of franchise tag where it's like you kind of needed to do that yeah, like Cowboys definitely have some money to spend. Mm-hmm. Like, like they they don't have the highest salary cap from what I know, but they definitely can use it wisely. And Demarcus Lawrence is not a guy you want to let go. And so, no. like a guy like Grady Jarrett, I think they're gonna get get him his money eventually. That's how I feel about the Falcons. But there's yeah. just some teams you could just see right through them, and you know exactly what they're gonna do, and they're just gonna yeah. keep doing the same thing over and over. And that's something the Cowboys do. And then like he's not buying it. Demarcus yeah. Lawrence has said openly, "I'm not going. I'm getting. I'm not interested in being on the tag. Um, yeah. I'm gonna hold out. So expect that from him from now on." But um, any other tags that you know about before we move on here? Uh, not off the top of my head. I think we hit the uh, main ones. Pretty much the bigger yeah. names. Um, so what I want to talk about now is Nick Foles. Like we mentioned before, he wasn't tagged by the Eagles. He was heading to the free agent market, and it's rumored that the Jaguars are uh, planning to sign him yeah, come man. March 13th, which is the beginning of the new NFL year. So um, next week, yeah. Is this a great landing spot for Nick Foles, in your opinion? I feel like in terms of Nick Foles, like he made his legacy in terms of he won that Super Bowl. I feel like this deal is not more, it's not going to really benefit Foles because you can't, unless, you know, he bring goes the whole season and wins a Super Bowl, but he won a Super Bowl. He, and like, you know, he went through the playoffs and he was solid. Like he still has a good backstory. I feel like this is more beneficial to the Jags because the Jags, Two years ago, when they made it to the championship game and almost beat the Pats, their That's the issue, year Foles won. 
their issue was that they did not that that you know they needed that quarterback, they needed that offense, and it wasn't working. Their defense was great, and their offense was a little bit lagging behind, and that's where Belichick took over, and really took advantage of that. And I feel like this is this is more of a a great fit. Like the Jags, this is going to benefit more than it would really Foles. But I feel like it it's still it's not a bad thing for Foles. But I just feel like it's it's more needed for the Jags than it was for Foles. To me, I think it's a great fit. Um, I've said not on this podcast, but I've said a numerous amount of friends who saw the whole Nick Foles news that um, he's heading to free agency and a lot of teams are looking for uh, a quarterback like himself with like you know the resume of having you know multiple touchdown passes i think he has the record for most touch like tied, tied yeah tied with, with Drew Brees uh, with Drew Brees right uh, i think it's, it's either him or Peyton Tim and Peyton yeah something like that and he's a super bowl champion a super bowl mvp exactly. teams die die to have that because they want to have some sort of stability that's what the jaguars want so yeah. i think it's a great fit i've said it numerous amount of times there's not a lot of teams um, who are looking for a quarterback to fill up their spot because it's a, it's a changing league now. You got a lot of rookie quarterbacks in the league now, mm-hmm. and that's their they're trying to make them their franchise guy. And you have a lot of older guys who are headed their way out, or just guys who are mediocre and they need to head. You know, their their spot is looking to be taken over. In this case, Jaguars do not are obviously going to be moving on from Blake Bortles. Yeah, um, I know he just he got signed on a contract last year after they lost to the Patriots, but mm-hmm. this year was very rocky road for him because um, they kept sitting him for. Um, Kessler, right? Kessler, Cody yeah. Kessler, yeah. And they kept putting him back in and back out, and they kept saying it's a punishment, and they have him start the next game, and then it was just a whole big mess. And also, not to mention that the Leonard Fournette situation, I have no idea what's going on with him. They took out all the guarantees on his contract, which means yeah. you know he's not getting paid at all, so I don't know what the situation is there. And you had Jalen Ramsey have a down year. Their defense mm-hmm. pretty much had a whole down year overall. Yeah. And so I think the whole issue starts at quarterback. I think there's a lot of players that don't on the Jaguars team that do not want to play for Blake Bortles, including Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. And he's outspo- he's been outspoken about other quarterbacks who aren't great in the league because he's, you know, he has a he's a big mouth and he wants oh, to yeah. talk trash and get teams riled up because he thinks he's the best. And I think he's a very talented player, but we all know he's not looking to play for Blake Bortles cuz he's not helping him as much as he would on defense. So yeah. without the support on both ends of defense and offense, he doesn't want to play for him. So they're looking to sign Nick Foles and they got a new uh, head coach there, right? Uh, or offensive coordinator. Something like I that. I think it was a head coach. Yeah, new head coach overall, right? I think, right? So, I, think yeah. I remember that, yeah. And so, you know, he's pretty much starting fresh. He works very well under Doug Peterson's, um, uh, what's it called, system. And don't forget, I know, I know it sounds like a whole one-year thing where it worked out with Carson Wentz because he was an MVP, and then Nick Foles slides in, and he's been there all year, so he pretty much knows all the plays. Yes, that's true, but... Nick Foles has been around, especially with the Eagles back then, with his first stint with them, where he um, was under Chip Kelly, and Chip Kelly's known as the you know the head coach that can possibly ruin a career. Mm-hmm. And so, and then after that, he went to the Rams. Jeff Fisher was over there, and then he went over to the Chiefs, where he was just a backup, and he does another yeah. stint with the Eagles again, and he wins the Super Bowl. So it looks to me that if you put him in the right scenario, he can be great. And looking at the Jaguars overall, their lineup isn't so bad. They have a decent receiving core, not the best. They don't have a number one or anything like that. They have a solid running back. Hopefully they have Fournette come back, and they're looking to you know, trade Carlos Hyde or make some moves here and there. Yeah. And they have a fantastic offensive line, especially in Andrew Nor- mm-hmm. Norwell, who was signed in the offseason last year. So they're doing the right things. Their defense is fantastic. Don't forget that they were one game away or one play away from making the Super Bowl against the Patriots that one year Nick Foles did win Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. And... I think he could really help this team. I think it's a great fit. 
um, and they're signing him to a multi-year deal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, overall, I think it's a fantastic pick there at quarterback. Yeah. Um, they also have a high pick. So do you think in this scenario, um, like if they were not to sign Foles, there really isn't a lot of quarterbacks in this draft that they could choose from, especially in their position with the Giants ahead of them. And also, you know, there's rumors that the Cardinals are taking Kyler Murray first yeah. overall. So do you think they've always had interest in Nick Foles or with this whole like quarterback drama going on and not sure who's going where is where they were like, all right, we kind of need Foles now because we have no other choice. I think things kind of just happened to like fall into place with them. I don't, I think they firmly believed after that year that they almost made the Super Bowl. that, you know, they, they weren't blind. I'm pretty sure they saw that, you know, Bortles wasn't, one of these high-end elite, I wouldn't even say he was an average quarterback. I'd say he was a little bit below average. It was just the team as a whole really worked together and it, and things fell into place. So then going into that next year, you know, you're riding on a high horse. They're looking at it as, wow, you know, he, he, he did it. He got us that far. And even though it wasn't pretty all the way, he got us that far. So they wanted to put that trust in him. So they gave him that deal and then he did the worst thing he could have done, which was last season, which he choked. He did terrible. And he did what everybody was was worried Ex-expe- would happen. Yeah, they were kind of expecting it. To so I, I feel like once they started to see that and there was the drama between benching him, not benching him, and then they heard that Foles was going to possibly be leaving, it kind of just fell into place and it worked in their favor. I don't know if it was necessarily planned. I think they may have just lucked out. Truthfully, I think... Um, this is the best choice for them. I think everything falling into place like this helps them a lot in the long run. Um, again, they got you got numerous quarterbacks coming in the 2020-2021 draft, like Tua and um, no, sorry, 2020 draft is Tua, and then 2021 is like Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. So they got some room to work with, and again, you can't. Who knows what kind of years they'll have, especially after signing Nick Foles. They may not be a top pick for those guys, but. Um, this draft, especially with the Giants, you know, there's rumors that they're going to grab uh, Dwayne Haskins at the sixth pick, yeah. and then you know Kyler Murray going first overall, and if they're just not in a great place um, in in the draft to make a move for a quarterback, and I think yeah. they need a guy with the resume like Nick Foles to kind of hold them steady instead of a brand new guy that they got to show the ropes from bottom to top again, mm-hmm. and um, I think he's a great fit. I think he's a leader. I think he could lead those guys. I think he's a player these guys want to play for like I don't think they would have been able to win the Super Bowl if they didn't believe Nick Foles could take him there yeah I think he's proven his worth like oh I'm a fifth round pick out of Arizona and you know I'm a guy that you know can play and I I I can you know help the team win but I can do a lot more than that and he took him to a Super Bowl and now Mm -hmm. he has that under his belt so you know kudos to the Jags for you know openly stating that they're going to sign him and I think he's uh Nick Foles is all in too Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he had any other teams in mind at all. Like, I think it was whoever was first to line up and kind of give him the big contract that he wants. Um, but that's definitely not their long-term goal. I think they just need to, you know, come back from their well, – how many wins did they have? Five, six? Uh, if that, yeah. Something, something like that. Something low, So, so yeah. they just want to continue winning games, and when the right opportunity comes, they'll grab their quarterback. Um, another notable thing I've been hearing. Jets are very interested in making a run for Le'Veon Bell or Tevin Mm -hmm. Coleman. I spoke about this earlier on the radio, and uh, the person I was uh, doing it with, my uh, co-host, he said their best bet is if they go Tevin Coleman. I forgot his reasoning behind it, but what do you think they should do? They have over $100 in cap space, just about. 
what is their what is the position they need to fill in the most? They have their franchise quarterback moving forward. Their wide receiver core is pretty um, like not so stable right now. They they franchise te- they put the tender on uh, Robbie Anderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what do they do moving forward? I mean, I I think the Jets have ha- have been so unstable in the last few seasons where they've had honestly they've had a lot of potential and it just hasn't really been happening for them. It was kind of the opposite of what happened when the Jags made it almost to the Super Bowl, which is the complete opposite. Things just are not working out for them. And I feel like they have receivers that can get it done. Sam Darnold is capable. He's good enough. I think he can get it done. And uh, when it comes down to running back, they tried to have Matt Forte and that, again, that didn't work out. So I feel like now between Bell and between Coleman, I, I think it's just you, you look you look at it and you really don't, it's hard to make that decision because looking at it, Bell has been out for a whole year. So you don't know what he's really going to bring. And Bell is also older, I believe, than Tevin Coleman. Like, Tevin Coleman has always been more of like that that backup role to Devontae Freeman. And this year, he, he got the start because Freeman was out basically the whole season. And he was able to produce. Free, uh, Coleman is not one of the guys that's going to be able to power through a defender. He he needs to get a good block, and he can take off, and he can shoot through the gap. He's very good at pitches, and he's also really good at, at catching. He's good in passing back. Uh, Bell is just like an all-around great player, but he where there's similarities is Bell runs, as they always say, you always hear him talking about it, he's so patient. So he waits for that, that hole to open up, or he waits for that vision to really be clear, and he takes off. And I'm not sure that the Jets' offensive line is really, like, the most solid. So I feel like in terms of both, they both need that more of that that vision. They need that gap to really open up for them. But I just feel like you're more understood of what's going to come out of Coleman than you are Bell. Bell hasn't been in the league for the last year where Coleman was basically the starter last year and he put up good enough numbers. Um, people tend to forget that Le'Veon Bell was once pretty much had the name under his belt of being one of the best running backs in the league. Um, I think you got to go after the best and take that shot. They got a new they got a new head coach in Adam Gase over there. Um, so they're pretty much all, not starting from scratch, but they have a young guy in Sam Darnold who is still learning the ropes a bit, and now he has a new head coach. He pretty much has to start from scratch with him and learn everything he wants to do with the team. Um, yeah, I definitely think you got to go go big or go home here with Le'Veon Bell. You got the money to sign him, and that's what he's looking for. Jamal Adams has been an advocate for trying to get Le'Veon Bell yeah. to come over to New York. Um, Tevin Coleman, let's not forget, with the Falcons, even though he kind of held up his own, regardless if uh, Devontae Freeman was in the game or not during the season, and he missed all, he pretty much missed all year. Mm-hmm. And so with Tevin Coleman taking the place, he still was okay. Yeah, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't fantastic. He's a good receiver out the backfield. Yeah. When it comes to running, he you know maybe he'll average like two, three yards a carry. Yeah, he's not he's not a big because he's more. He, what's very hard is he need like I said he needs that space. And if the line isn't gonna open up that gap for him for him to shoot through it, he's not really gonna on contact. He's gonna go down. He's not one to break through. Yeah, like you mentioned, uh, Jets offensive line isn't the greatest, especially at, like after they got rid of every single person on the line a little while yeah. back, like Mangold and a couple other guys. Mm-hmm. Um, it hasn't looked too great for them. Um, I think they got to definitely hit the free agent market. They're at the three pick. There's a lot of good linemen that are coming in, but it's also up for sale. So not sure what they want to do. There's a lot of holes to fill there, a lot of question marks. But I definitely think if the opportunity is there, and you want to win games, you don't want to be the same traditional Jets team that hasn't been winning games, you go for Le'Veon Bell. 
And, um, you know, if you decide to go with Tevin Coleman, you better utilize him well because Le'Veon Bell has both the running running talent and also the wide receiver, like, you know, like not mm-hmm. wide receiver, I mean receiving out of the backfield type talent that he can, you know, help the team out a, a, for a variety of reasons. Um, and they got a lot of money to pay him for. So I, I think he would be a great fit over there. It's been rumored for a very long time that he was going to be on the Jets mm-hmm. if he wasn't signed long-term with the Steelers. So I would hope he uh, he ends up getting signed there. So oh, what else we got here? Um, oh, you just you told me a couple minutes ago that the recent news during this podcast, so pretty mm-hmm. much like live breaking news, Eric Weddle was cut by the Ravens today. Yes. Another safety added to that pretty loaded safety free agency group. Yeah, and uh, I feel like Eric Weddle is a guy that a lot of people will want on their team, especially mm-hmm. teams that need a defense. Um, I feel like this was a long time coming for Eric Weddle. Yeah. Um, he's had contract disputes with the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that thing where he earned like a million dollars for making the playoffs? So he had like some incentive yeah. where he couldn't – where he couldn't make it the one year and he did get it the next year um you know he's gonna be a big name come free agency and uh, i'm excited to see where he goes uh do you think he's a great player and where do you see his future headed from now i mean he he i feel like overall he's had a solid career not even just with the ravens i feel like when he was with with the chargers he was solid then as well um i mean it's it's tough to make a distinct landing spot for him because like i mentioned there's so many solid safeties so these teams that are lacking safeties they have a lot to choose from so it it, uh i mean i feel that just off the top of my head i feel like you know the steelers secondary can can improve and if they're uh they've, they've brought in veterans like they brought in joe hayden as a corner they brought him in they brought in a veteran player and they're 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 most likely not going to have a B or Le'Veon Bell anymore, so they're gonna have money to sign some guy like that. I feel like the Steelers would be interesting. Um the Pats seem to do some things like that where they just like to bring in veteran players. So I mean they're not it's not necessary unless for some reason Chung doesn't come back from like the broken arm and he's delayed. Mm-hmm. Maybe then they do it for like a temporary deal, but I don't know. There's too many safeties available in this this free agency to to give a distinct spot because i don't like there's five six of them to choose from that these teams that are needing the safeties are in heaven right now so um another thing i wanted to talk about was uh the chiefs defense so uh, as mm. it's known out there in the world uh chiefs defense chiefs defense is not one of the best in the league especially considered uh them and the rams uh, ended up giving up 50 points to each other. And then later on in the season, Chiefs went on to show that, you know, with with a defense like that, that's how they pretty much sent um, the Patriots to the Super Bowl. Yeah. But um, a notable player that they are planning to cut or they haven't cut yet um, is uh, Justin Houston. Mm-hmm. And uh, what do you think of that? He's an older guy, he's a veteran, and with a defense that isn't built to the best of their ability, is getting rid of a guy like that the best move to make? I I feel like they're they're in panic mode right now. Like they they really are transitioning and it showed with Mahomes and it showed with Tyreek Hill. They they tried to to transform this team that was 
you know, like names like Justin Houston, Eric Berry, like these these bigger guys that have been like kind of the face of that team. You had Alex Smith, who was another one who was like the face of that team. And I feel like they're they're starting to learn that the league is is run by these younger guys. These are the guys that you need. Like Justin Houston is a great pass rusher, but these offensive linemen, as you saw in the combine, they're getting faster. These defensive linemen, they're getting faster. So if you have a guy who's just solid and a big name, like he may bring that pressure, but he's he's not getting there. And I feel like when you can. You don't have you don't have to pay him. You let him walk, and you pick up one of these defensive linemen in the combine, or you pick somebody up in the in the uh, free agency market. You don't have to pay them this much, and it's just like they they looked at him as yes, they respect him. There's a lot of talent there. He brought a lot to the table, but it's just like kind of similar to what I was saying with the Falcons with Matt Bryant. It's just it was kind of time to to let it go. It was like you know you were aging, and it's just. It's time to let it go. Like it wasn't really working out. I agree with you. Um, the Chiefs are in a position right now where they should lean heavily on drafting a defensive player in this upcoming draft. Especially watching the NFL Combine this year, all these guys are running four four forties, um, weighing over like two hundred and eighty pounds, and they're like six three or yeah. like six four, and that's like unheard of, and it's completely insane. So they have a lot to look forward to this upcoming draft. Um, a player they should definitely keep watch for is Devin White. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's a phenomenal player out of LSU, and I think he'll work wonders for them. So, um, And not to mention, they just franchise tag D Ford as well. I think we forgot to mention that. But they're yeah. open, They're 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 uh, listening out for any uh, tr- trade proposals that they yeah. want to give for D Ford. Um, if he sticks around, that would be fantastic for the Chiefs, considering they still have Eric Berry for a little while longer, yeah. and he's back from injury, mm-hmm. and um, he's in, back in full swing of playing football. Um, I feel like D Ford is an integral part of that defense. I know how bad they've been, but he's the one. He's one of those names that have stuck out. Um, if they could match him with a different player in this upcoming draft, I think that would be a very big help for them. Yeah. Um, Justin Houston, however, I, I definitely agree with you. Letting him go is definitely something they they were planning on doing for a while now i saw it coming um i wish him luck in free agency uh what else do i got here so a couple more news that i have found um during the off season so far oh i forgot to talk about this uh first one of the first news that have ever come out like considering any like team changes or anything mm-hmm. was when joe when uh the ravens r- spoke out about joe flacco yeah um, being traded for, I think, a fourth or something like that to mm-hmm. to the Broncos, which means the Broncos are moving on from Case Keenum and Ravens are completely in on the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. Yeah. Uh, they did draft him in the first round. He was a 32nd pick. Um, that's good on them, uh, but what do you think about the Broncos as a team who has been struggling to really find that quarterback that they need help with. They signed Case Keenum to this deal. No team is going to want to pick up that contract. He's forced to be a backup now. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate for them, but do you think Joe Flacco has enough gas in the tank to really help this team even a little bit from where they were previously? It's 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 tough, and it shows, like you mentioned, that they've been really struggling because they had Paxton Lynch and Trevor Simeon, and they were looking at, you know, Peyton Leaves. These are their guys. These are the guys that are going to try to think on. They're like, all right, we're going to take these young guys that are coming into the league, and that's where the league is headed, so why not draft these young guys? And then they have these two young quarterbacks, and they kind of were busts. So they, they then they, their mindset turns to, well, we need somebody that we know what they're going to produce. We can't take another huge 
huge loss in quarterback. This is one of our weak spots since Peyton left, and we really need to to hit the hit the nail on the head this time. And they figured, all right, we got Case Keenum. He brought the Vikings to the playoffs. Nobody thought he was going to do anything, and he shows up and he does what they hoped would not happen, and he busts. And now they're looking at it as, all right, you know, we want to try to keep with these veteran guys. Flacco, they clearly see something in. I mean, I I feel like he he has he may have like that that attitude to where he's looking at it as you know I'm still here similar to Eli where it's like I still want to play. People are counting me out, but I still want to play. But I I just I don't think I think it's a very similar offense. They don't they have uh, they got Emmanuel Sanders who may he got injured at the end of the year, so I don't know if he'll be back by the beginning and then they tore his Achilles and then they traded uh Demarius, Demarius. Thomas midseason. So like it's the same thing. You had Joe Flacco surrounded by, you know, not great talent in Baltimore in terms of the receiving core. And I feel like it's going to be the same result in in Denver unless they draft a like a receiver for him or pick a receiver up in free agency, you know, like unless they make a run at AB or something. Like I feel like it's not going to be a huge improvement. He's he he's he's got to have somebody to help him out, and that's why Lamar Jackson is working in Baltimore because he doesn't pass as much; he more runs. So he's he's getting through these these defenses because he's running around, and then the defenders are going to have to leave their receiver to try to get him, and it's leaving people open. With Flacco, he, he doesn't really move around. I feel like it's I feel like this is a mistake. I understand where they're going with it, but I just feel like it's it's not going to work out like they want. I feel like if I was a Broncos fan, I would be up in arms about this situation because as soon as Peyton Manning left, they immediately went to Trevor Simeon, who didn't really work out for them. They get Mark Sanchez, didn't work out for them either. That was a surprise to me. And then they draft Paxton Lynch, who was like the 22nd pick, who they could have probably traded up to get someone better at the time. And didn't they, he didn't work out. And now he's on a different team. And, um, you know, they have Case Keenum too. And, you know, you know, the whole thing with Paxton Lynch, too, is that he really couldn't compete for a starting job because he really wasn't good when he was competing. Um, and then you bring in Joe Flacco. He's not a guy who's going to, you know, stay there for very long. You want a guy um, that'll be there for a while and who's going to be your solidified guy there so you can worry about signing other players. I feel like this is a move that, you know, they grab a fourth for him, but you know in the long run they were just like, we really need a quarterback right now, so they just took whoever they can get their hands on. I feel like if they waited a little longer, maybe they could have gotten someone like Foles or something like that. But they immediately went for Joe Flacco. I don't know what John Elway sees in him that we don't, but I feel like Broncos should be making a run to try to get some quarterback in the near future. Because right now they're the 10th pick. There's not many th- not many quarterbacks to choose from. Yeah. Uh, maybe they draft like Will Greer in like the second round or something like that. There's many teams looking at him too, but I don't know. I feel like that's not a great move by by the Broncos. Broncos need a young quarterback. They tried it in Paxton Lynch, but even that wasn't even a good option for him. Um, look to next year. Hope, uh, if he, I feel like he's going to have a Case Keenum type year again. So mm-hmm. look for them to be in the top pick range as well. Um, that's all I got for the Joe Flacco thing that came as a surprise to me because it was one of the first things that came out. Um, Especially since no one can make a no one can discuss trades until March thirteenth. That mm-hmm. already came out very early after the Super Bowl was even completed. But um, moving forward here, uh, we have the Browns linebacker Jamie Collins likely to be cut or traded. Collins' cap number is somewhere around twelve million for twenty nineteen, and they're gonna, definitely going to sell high on him. What do you think about this? 
Uh, it's uh, he's been on he's been in the league for a few years, right? Yeah, so he was on young. the Pats, traded to the yeah. Browns. I feel like Pats and the Browns have this unspoken thing yeah. where whatever Patriots don't want to use in the current moment, they just give to the Browns instead of any other team. I uh, mean, it's yeah, it's. I mean, I haven't really if I haven't heard his name that much. I mean, I'm not watching Browns games all the time, but if you're not seeing his name brought up a lot, he's not making these big plays. Like, I, he's definitely not. But whenever I hear the name Jamie Collins, you, I'm just like, all right, he's a, he's a sustainable yeah, but, guy to have on your lineup. I mean, but you 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 think that, but that also goes back to the 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 time with him with New England. Is it you know what I'm saying? Like, is it more of you remember him because of New England or because of the Browns? I feel like it's more because New England. He hasn't really produced that much for the Browns, and and they're just you know they they're just not caring anymore. They they really turned their season around last year, and they're really trying to get that winning season. And I feel like nobody's safe in that team. They're, they don't care. They just want to they're, – they're past the point of what makes people happy and what makes the fans happy and, and what's the right thing to do. They're just going to do what they believe is best, whether it's cutting their best player or it's you know drafting one of the worst players in the draft that nobody sees potential in. They're going to do what they want to do because at the end of the day, they're they're – desperate at this point browns are in such a unique situation right now because of you know who they sign and like you know they have a new head coach now um and they have a quarterback in baker mayfield who is you know proven to be there you know he's been he was in the running for uh offensive rookie of the year so without even being said he's he's their guy moving forward so um not to, uh, to stay on the browns for a little longer there are believed to be at least three teams interested in trading for Browns running back Duke Johnson. And the reason for that being is Duke, Johnson, Duke Johnson's been on that team for a while. He's kind of old reliable in the passing game. Yeah. But now you you have Nick Chubb who has proven to be – he was also in the running for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah. And um, he basically had 1,000 yards. He doesn't have it, but he basically yeah. does. And he's proven to be you know a rookie who can hold his own in this league. And then they sign uh, Kareem Hunt to a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. And – if they have so much money in cap, I feel like they got to extend them. I feel like if they give them that opportunity, you're not just going to let them walk because a lot of teams may or may not take them. But yeah. then you have Duke Johnson being the third guy. Um, if you have those two guys, obviously you're going to try to put some trade offers out for Duke Johnson. Is this the right move for the Browns since they have these two guys, or should they have kept the guy who has been there through thick and thin, the 0-16s and the 1-15s? and um, Is this the right move for them? I think – just for the near future, they need to keep him because you don't. Nothing is guaranteed right now with Kareem Hunt. He's still on the commissioner's exempt list, meaning he still cannot play. So. Oh yeah, we don't know how long he's going to be suspended for. Exactly. Either. So I feel like letting him walk, you're putting a lot of trust in Nick Chubb. And again, Nick Chubb is great. He's a great running back. He has a lot of potential. He proved it last season. But I just feel like you know there's too many injuries going on, and you don't want to have a great player and then some person that you know nobody really hears of or isn't really relevant as a backup I feel like you, you've got to keep him and then you know worst case scenario Kareem Hunt comes back next season early and then you know they try to trade him they can get something there but I feel like you you'd rather be safe than sorry at that point definitely um so another thing I have here Eagles discuss trading defensive end Michael Bennett at the combine uh, Bennett's cap number for this upcoming season is $7.2 million. Um, not too much money, but they got some holes to fill, especially with a lot of players becoming free agents. And not sure if you saw, but when Bryce Harper was signed to his 13-year, $330 million contract, he was, Le'Veon Bell was like, oh, congratulations, man. He's like, hey, you should come to Philly. So maybe, you know, they try to make a move for him too, other than the Jets. 
Um, Michael Bennett didn't sign a long-term deal with the Eagles. It was right after their Super Bowl win. They just wanted to add on to what they had on defense. They just extended Brandon Graham. So, you know, money is pretty tight over there in Philly. Um, what do you think of them selling Michael Bennett? Who's ha- who? He did have a down year, in my opinion. He didn't have the best year. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He really hasn't produced. He, he, again, like what we were talking about with Jamie Collins, he's one of these guys that you hear his name and you think of when he was on Seattle when they were making the Super Bowl he was making he was huge then he was really known he was making all these sacks he was making getting all these pressures run stopping that's what he was known for and I mean I feel like since he went to 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 Philly I mean it was one of those names that you hear and it's it's very it's a noticeable name and you you wait to hear more of it and I feel like I was just wait I, I was just sitting there waiting for more and I never really heard and I feel like he never got to his full potential which is like kind of what you were saying he had a down year so I feel like it's it's just not – I feel like the Eagles are really – I wouldn't say that they're trying to rebuild because they made the playoffs last year and they won the Super Bowl the year before. But, I mean, there's still some some loose ends that you got to kind of cut off, and I feel like that's just one of them. I mean, if they wanted Graham, they, they had to let him go. Like, there's not many changed about the team offensive-wise, but defense, you don't have Michael Bennett on a long-term deal, so it's, it comes to no surprise that they're looking to sell on him. Um, they re-signed Brandon Graham. That wasn't a lot of people didn't think they were going to do that. Yeah. Um, I think Ronald Darby becomes a free agent upcoming this mm-hmm. you know you know this year now, and then um, Jay Ajayi is a free agent, and they're all everyone's injured, and you know they lost a lot of defensive players. Um, I feel like they got to get some assets, and I feel like that's the one way to do it. And I feel like this upcoming draft they have to go defense. Mm-hmm. I feel like their offense is okay. You don't have to put any you know. Yeah, they're more. Fine. They're oh, they're okay there, regardless if they have. Uh, if they can, if they're able to sign Le'Veon Bell or not, they still have you know Wendell Smallwood who's been in the system for a while. You got Corey Clement who was injured, but he's looking to come back. They've been in the system for a while. You don't need that right now. I feel like if you if right place, right time, they'll be okay. But they definitely need to improve on their defense. So Michael Bennett being um, on the uh, you know being sold isn't that you know that big of a surprise to me. Yeah. Uh, let's see what we got here. So the big thing I wanted to talk about today. So Antonio Brown. And there's a lot of buzz going around him. There's been some buzz, especially even before the season end, like around week 17. Mm-hmm. But um, what's going on now is Steelers um, had asked Antonio Brown to delay his $2.5 million roster bonus. But obviously, because who wouldn't, he said no. Yeah. Because why would you? You want to get that money. Um, and the other thing is the Steelers could be able to move wide receiver Antonio Brown before March 17th, which is only four days after they're permitted to trade players, which is March March 13th. The mm-hmm. Broncos and the Cardinals have emerged amongst the teams interested in Antonio Brown. And like we mentioned before with the Joe Flacco situation, if you make a big run for Antonio Brown, that's a good move for um, you know Denver, especially mm-hmm. having Joe Flacco on your roster. And um, the earlier teams that were... Um, that were interested in Antonio Brown were the Raiders, Titans, and Redskins. It looks to me now the Redskins aren't really in the conversation anymore, but it's yeah. mostly Titans, Raiders, Broncos, Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Where do you think he goes? What's the best spot for him? Which team is in the best position to sign him? Because, again, he's on that contract where he's basically top two highest paid wide receivers in the league. He's one of the better wide receivers in the league. Yeah. Um, where's the best landing spot for him and why? Uh, I mean, I feel like me personally, he seems to have, you know, that interest with, with San Francisco. So I feel like in terms of his dream or whatever, however you want to word it, he would probably want to end up in San Francisco. 
Uh, and it would be a good fit. It would work out. You have Jimmy Garoppolo, who's a pretty solid quarterback. He can really he can get the ball to him. Um, and I feel like you know Jimmy G is going to be around for a little while. He's he's kind of their future as of right now. You know what you're going to get it's out of it. It's a large contract. Exactly. Big money. You know what you're getting out of it. He go If he went to uh, the other big one that you mentioned was the Broncos, you don't really know what you're going to get out of that. You don't know. You got Flacco. You don't know how long you're going to have him. And then after that, you're, you're this huge quarterback. And one complaint he had was that Ben was not able to get him the ball. And You, you don't, don't think Flacco can provide that? I, I don't know if, it's, if, if Flacco wouldn't, but thinking after Flacco, because, I mean, if you're signing A.B., you're going to sign him probably like a four-year deal, give or take, three, four years at least. It's uh, rumored out there that Antonio Brown might be following wherever Kyler Murray goes. And here's why. Um, what I heard recently is that Kyler Murray was working out with Antonio Brown during their, his season mm-hmm. um, and so, with Oklahoma. And so... People think, you know, again, there's rumors going around. I mentioned this a couple times on the podcast, but it's a big thing now that Cliff Kingsbury, the new head coach of the the, the uh, Arizona Cardinals, instead of drafting Nick Bosa first pick, he might go Kyler Murray. Yeah. Um, and so as soon as he does that, and now they're in talks in getting Car- – in, in the Cardinals are in talks now to get Antonio Brown. Do you think they get him, trade Josh Rosen somewhere – and they somehow sign Antonio Brown, is that in the realm of possibility? It definitely is because they got Larry leaving. He's going to be gone after this year, yeah. most likely. You got Maybe. Him. He keeps re-upping yeah. one year every So you got him leaving. Christian Kirk's on the team. Christian Kirk is, you know, good. he got mentored by Larry, and now if you bring in A.B., that's a good fit. Um, Rosen is most likely going to be on his way out, but that was a rookie contract, and now if you get Murray, it's going to be another rookie contract. You have money yeah. to spend. So – I think it's definitely a fit, and they definitely, uh, they definitely have been trying to rebuild because in the last few years they haven't been really living up to the potential that they wanted, and uh, it would be great because Larry is like the face of that team, and you know he's going to David be, Johnson. Don't forget yeah, about him, and you know Larry's going to be gone soon. Chandler and, Jones is sticking around. Yeah, uh, Patrick Peterson sticking around. A lot to look forward to over there in Cardinals, but they have to put it together a little bit. And what yeah. I think about this whole thing is. What I heard recently is that Larry Fitzgerald was uh, talking a little bit of a sm- little bit of smack or just speaking truth about the Antonio Brown situation because mm-hmm. um, I think Larry Fitzgerald had to go through like sixteen quarterbacks or something like that, six yeah. or sixteen. I, I don't know the actual number, but it's a big number. He had to go through a lot of these quarterbacks that had to throw to him, and he's still considered one of the best to ever play the game. Mm-hmm. And he was he mentioned that he do- Antonio Brown doesn't know how good he has it to have a Hall of Fame quarterback be throwing to him week in and week out. And now he's looking to leave because of, you know, the whole drama going on in the locker room. Um, and, yeah, it definitely fits the scheme because Larry Fitzgerald is out this mm-hmm. year. And, like, they're sort of friends. And I feel like it. I feel like if he does end up getting signed to the Cardinals, they, could, like, they don't have beef or anything. But if they kind yeah. of squash whatever has been said and he's out after that year, that's Antonio Brown's team yeah. for the taking pretty much. Exactly. I mean, it's... What is really the decision maker is it kind of comes down to the the GMs. And, I mean, I I don't really, you know, study GMs. I don't know who's every team's GM and what they really believe in. But clearly, A.B. can be a distraction. It's no secret that he can be a distraction and he can cause issues. And he has that new uh, documentary out where he kind of explains what was going on. 
And I mean, you know, you take that for what it's worth. I know there's there's always two sides or, you know, there's there's three sides to the story. There's everybody, like each person's side and then there's really the truth. So, you know, you don't know what's really true, what's not true because you're just hearing it from his point of view. Yeah, and what I heard is on LeBron, LeBron James's show, The Shop, he was mm-hmm. saying how Mike Tomlin supposedly told him if he, like, like, Antonio Brown was on week 17 was like it was a big game that they needed to win yeah for in order for them to make the playoffs and he said I'm a little banged up and he told Mike Tomlin home. he's like you can go home yeah and then from there on he was pretty much mad about it and he left that halftime yeah and then the other thing that came out was his documentary on ESP uh, uh interview on ESPN excuse me yeah where he said I don't need the game everyone's gonna play by my rules yeah and people are very upset about that statement um what do you think about that? With the ego that he has and it's too wherever much. he lands, teams have to handle that. You think it's too it's much? too much. I don't care what you're worth or what you think you're worth or what you bring to the table. I don't care because clearly if, if this whole situation had ended up differently, maybe I'd be able to look past it a little bit. But this situation ended so bad with him in Pittsburgh now, like, you look at it, do you really want that possibility of that happening to your team and kind of, like, being a cancer to your team in the locker room? That Like, you're, you're trying to build a team, you're trying to build a championship team and a championship, like, running team, and, and you don't want these step-backs. These step-backs, you don't want those. And I feel like as much talent as he's going to bring, he could also bring that that controversy in the locker room, and it's... It's like, well, what what do you what risk are you willing to take? Would you do you are you this team that you're just so desperate to win that you don't care if there's any locker room controversy because you know that he's going to show up and get you those wins, or are you a team that's very focused on you know the team atmosphere and and everybody is a team and it's not all about you know yourself. It's about everybody. Uh, he's not going to fit in in somewhere like that. He's going to more fit in where where he's just going to be able to do whatever he wants. Yeah, and you know, a lot of teams are pretty much basing off culture and that's how they're able to bring in like free agents and stuff like that. Yeah. Same thing happens with other sports. But um a guy that's openly said that I don't need the game. I'm a millionaire. I'm an entrepreneur. I don't need the game. I'm I just want to play. Like I I, I genuinely just want to for, you know, just to do it. Yeah. Um a lot of teams have to deal with that over their head at all times. Like this guy, yeah. the second he's unhappy, can leave. But it just depends on the team that's willing to hold the baggage. Like I feel like the Cardinals, like you have a new head coach, and um, I feel like uh, he he's a guy who doesn't have much to lose. Like Cliff Bank- Kingsbury, um, he's he's openly spoken about Kyler Murray. He's like, if I, if anyone had that top pick, I would be the one to take him. And it looks to me that he's going to be able to do that. And for a guy taking that risk, especially with a guy like Nick Bosa being a big name in this draft, um, I feel like if he had Kyler Murray on his team, uh, Kyler Murray and Antonio Brown on his team, he has a lot to work with. And I feel like a guy like him, who's worked with a guy like Patrick Mahomes too, and that's certainly a guy everyone wants to play with. And if he if he becomes a guy like that, I don't feel like Antonio Brown can be happy at all times if he goes to Arizona. Mm-hmm. In my in my honest opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about like Raiders and Titans being in the conversation about Antonio Brown too? Do you even think they're even a significant name that should be able to pick up AB? I would say no to the Raiders. It makes sense in terms of their picks. They can easily afford to give up first round picks to try to to get him. But the reason I don't think he would fit in is Gruden doesn't take shit. Gruden will not put up with that. So I feel like he just it would not work. He he's he's like you know he just let Khalil Mack leave. And Khalil Mack is this huge name. So if he's willing to do something like that, bringing in Antonio Brown, he he would sign him. And then if he's 
done with him, he's just going to be like, all right, I'm not dealing with your stuff. Yeah, definitely not. I don't know. I think they're in the sweepstakes just because they have the, the picks because they, they can. But um, I definitely think him and John Gruden would bump heads. Yeah. Um, and with the Titans, they just got a new head coach, and then you know it's. It's not a bad idea. But. It's not a bad idea, but Mariota has a lot of problems to work with, and he hasn't had a solidified coach in a very long time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I definitely think the Cardinals are the best fit for him. That might be the place he goes. But, again, he's been openly speaking about how uh, him and Jerry Rice always talk about him going to the 49ers. Yeah. Not sure how big of a possibility that is. I've heard that Kyle Shanahan isn't even interested. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I haven't really read up on it that much, but – I feel like I feel like you know obviously Antonio Brown in terms of talent is always a, a huge addition but with Shanahan's mindset I feel like Shanahan doesn't need to have tons of superstars his play calling just works like we're he, still waiting for him to kind of kick into into high gear a little exactly. bit because we've seen like him and Sean McVay have worked together. They get their own individual teams now. Sean McVay has shown um, his true skills. He even made it to the Super Bowl and yeah. he turned a team around completely. He took Jared Goff, a guy everyone thought was a bust, to a guy who can lead a team to a Super Bowl and build this dynasty of a team. Kyle Shanahan really hasn't had that opportunity yet. Mm-hmm. Jimmy G got hurt, so he wasn't able to show off his quarterback that he eventually got paid. Um, and he doesn't even have that wide receiver core he really truly wants. Like uh, Pierre Garcon won't be with the team anymore, I don't think. And then Marquise Goodwin is a stable guy. But you yeah. have George Kittle, who was fantastic this year, but it was mostly because a, it's a quarterback's best friend, especially for someone out there who isn't known for starting that much. So like the Nick Mullins and the CJ mm-hmm. Beathers of the world, they're going to be throwing to him regardless. It was yeah. kind of like the thing with Evan Ingram with the Giants, where the one year where you know all these receivers are hurt, He's the guy to go to. Yeah. So he's obviously going to be a star. He's a great tight end regardless. But um, you're, I really want to see this team come together. I want to see what Kyle Shanahan has to offer. His dad's mm-hmm. Mike Shanahan for crying out crying out loud. So, um, you know, it's I feel like Cardinals are definitely more in the realm of possibility than the 49ers if they come out and even are remotely interested in Antonio Brown to the slightest. They're going to sign him because of the mutual interest there. Yeah. Um, so one last thing I wanted to talk about before we wrap it up. Um, I heard uh, this news that on Pro Football Talk on Twitter, uh, Rams running back Todd Gurley reportedly has arthritis in his yeah, knee. The same, wasn't it the same knee he tore his ACL with? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that goes to answer our questions. We spoke about it openly on this podcast many, mm-hmm. many, many times, almost a little too much. If Todd Gurley is hurt... And that just answered every single question mark that we had about the situation. That's why they signed C.J. Anderson. And that's yeah. everything officially comes together after that statement. What does that say for Todd Gurley? And why didn't the team address it during their playoff run? I I mean, it's I feel like if you I think can't they get in trouble for this? For not reporting him on an injury report, even though he was injured. Yeah. They can. Yeah. I was gonna say they can. I, I feel like they did it more to cover themselves to be like all right you know especially just let's just use the Super Bowl for example going into the Super Bowl as we've talked about many times Belichick loves taking out that 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 star player they love to take them out of the game so you know CJ Anderson shows up and then Todd Gurley's in and they go back and forth and Todd Gurley already has that name and that talent and he's proved it and then CJ Anderson comes in and steps it up and then you know Cooper Cup's already out so Todd Gurley would be that main focus. And I feel like it was more of like, you know, a chess match. And he was looking at it as, all right, 
maybe if if we don't say anything, it's more of like you know we're bluffing it. Like all right, Todd Gurley's going to go out there and play, and if they plan for Todd Gurley, maybe you know putting in C.J. Anderson, it'll work to their advantage. Or maybe you know you got two weeks to rest up, maybe it'll end up being all right. But they hope we're hoping by benching him a little bit more during the playoffs, it'd be all right. But I just I think Todd Gurley, as long as it's situated, he'll he's still Todd Gurley. He's still going to do well. I don't think it's going to be a severe impact to his career. But I just it, it's sad. It's sad, and I a lot of the unanswered questions are now getting answered. Yeah, definitely. And um, there were multiple reports even after the Super Bowl that they're planning to keep C.J. Anderson. So it looks to me um, Todd Gurley may miss significant time. And if the, he continues to play, he was playing towards the end of the postseason. Yeah. Um, that's not really looking good for him. He'll have like four. What do you have in the Super Bowl? Like only a couple carries and not many yards. Maybe five. Maybe yeah, four or five carries. That's not going to cut it this season. No. Teams are going to pick that apart. And now that that's out, um, I feel like now they're forced to kind of punch him, put him on some sort of injury report, keep him out yeah. for a little bit. Um, we got a long off season left to go until uh, the season starts. Hopefully, he feels better from there. Um, but that was definitely some big news I heard this week. Yeah. Um, anything else you wanted to add? Uh, no, that, uh, that should be all. All right. So that's going to do it for the show. I wanted to thank all you guys for listening to the franchise tag. We really appreciate it. Um, one more thing you could follow us on our Twitter, um, at the franchise tag pod, I update you guys on everything. So everything we spoke about in today's podcast, I've already tweeted. So if you want to get some coverage on everything that's going on in the league, you can follow our Twitter. Um, and also don't be afraid to leave a, a rating and review on, I, on, uh, Apple Podcasts, we really appreciate it too. We're also available on Spotify. Um, it definitely helps out the show in every way possible. Um, we're going to be able to record um, every week from now on on Tuesdays. There's still a lot of news coming out. I wanted to kind of make a big podcast to have all this news come into fruition. And um, we had a lot to talk about. And we pretty much covered everything here. Um, but there's a lot of news coming in week in and week out, even about the NFL. So if you have to put a short episode out, so be it. But every Tuesday, we're, uh, we're planning to post um, an, an episode out. So that's going to conclude the franchise tag for today. We'll see you guys next week. Take care. Goodbye.